0: Sorry. Technical difficulties. We're glad you're here. If you're in the fellowship hall, we're glad you're here too. And come join us. Grab your coffees. Grab a snack. Um, we're going to open with a song. We're going to capo to that song. Let's worship. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Verses 7 to 11. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad, and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore.
1: just thank you for this glorious day that you've given us to be able to come together and worship you, Lord. And we thank you for this house that you've built for us um, that we can gather in freedom in love, in joy, and love and joy and just celebrate you, Lord. We invite you to be with us now. Just open our hearts and our minds. Allow us to see you moving in and through the words that we sing and that we study today. Uh, just make your presence known. Make your glory shine. And most importantly, Lord, just thank you for the sacrifice of your Son. It's in his holy and precious name we pray, Lord. Amen. we
2: morning from Luke, Gospel of Luke chapter 5 verses 29 through 32. And Levi made him a great feast in his house and there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at table with them. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners, to repentance. <coughs> One, two, three, four, five, six,
0: Thank you so much for gathering us together. Thank you for um, loving us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for um, taking care of our problem with sin with your own blood. And we thank you for the chance to gather together to praise your name, to strengthen and uplift one another, um, to be your bride. And we ask that um, we would feel and know your presence and know you more. For being together this morning. We ask for a special blessing on our children and the teachers as they go to Hope for Kids that they also might know you better today. Thank you so much for um, all the blessings you've given us as a church family and uh, for giving us a new home here. And we just um, ask you to use us, make make us usable to you for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Welcome to Hope. I'm Pastor Tom. It's good to have you with us as we worship God together here today. A lot going on that I want you to know about. Um, first, let's practice something. You ready? All right, so next Sunday, when we're, when we're all still standing, stand up for me. It's going to be a little weird today. It's going to be a little weird today, but we're going to do it. We'll get through this. When you're still standing and someone on the worship team says, please be seated, I want you to move toward the center. Does that make sense? You ready? Please be seated. That's You're already in the center. The other center. There you go. All right? So what this will do is it will allow our visitors and any latecomers like Sean Cunningham... Uh, a way to come in and go around everybody before they sit down. You may now be seated wherever you choose. It's fine if you want to go back to your previous spot. Take your coffees with you. All right. And it may be necessary, worship team members, if you observe that, that, that it didn't happen enough or it needs to happen again to just ask everyone Please try this one more time. Just move towards the center. That's what we're going to do to try to make room for folks next week. Yes, ma'am. Are we talking center of each row, or is that center? Yes, center of each row. No, 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 no. The center aisle. Move, move. Thank you. Good clarification. Good clarification. Yes. So, (laughs) this is a, this, that's a very good clarification. And I've just got to tell this story. Very few of you will remember this. So, you know, okay. Hope, Hope was meeting at Barbara Bush Middle School. And there was no good way to, like, sneak in down the sides. It, the, the auditorium was kind of in a pit. And so we had this young mom, God bless her. Uh, she had four kids. And I think for a period of time while she was at Hope, she was a single mom we were thrilled to have her, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but she would occasionally, having four kids, and being alone, I can't imagine that burden, right, on a Sunday morning, and you want your kids to go to church, and I think the main reason she's going through all the effort is because for about 45 minutes, she won't have four kids, like other people will have her four kids, right, and so she's like, yeah, preach about peace cuz that's all I that's what I come here for is 45 minutes of peace. Anyway, she would occasionally get so flustered leaving the house, she would forget maybe, I hope, I don't know, to take off her pajama pants and her fuzzy bunny slippers. And so occasionally we'd be worshiping God together as we should and this lovely young woman would come walking down the middle of the aisle in fuzzy bunny slippers and pajama pants and it was just part of hope it's like yep that's what we do so in case a young single mom in fuzzy bunny slippers shows up next week we're going to give her the grace of letting her come down the sides so that yeah all right just one of my favorite Hope Church moments. Now, where else? What other church in America could you find someone in fuzzy bunny slippers on a Sunday morning? I'm just saying, I don't think there are many. So that's why we're Hope. Amen. So, <laughs> oh no. Oh no. We're gonna, not you, Michael. Not you. You may not wear fuzzy bunny slippers that that's a matter of church discipline in your case, young man. It was predestined that you come here in pre- fuzzy bunny slippers next week. I should never have said anything. Oh well. So our next our next postcard will be someone in a pair of fuzzy bunny slippers say, "Come as you are." So if you haven't seen this, it's uh, it's kind of fun. Uh, this is our invitation to our open house next week. And we wanted you to have one in case you have a neighbor, a friend, a coworker, a colleague, a fellow student that you wanted to invite. And then speaking of students, next week coming after the open house in the afternoon, we're going to have lunch here, um, brats and dogs and fun, and we'll have some stuff for kids. And then in the evening we're going to come back And our youth are going to have their messy game night, their mestival, something like that, mestivus. Is that what you should call it? Mestivus. Um, But uh, please feel free to pass these out to people you know and love. um, And you don't have to give them to people you don't like. That's, you know, it's up to you. I'm just kidding. It's like a joke, but smaller and not as funny. Um, So what else is going on around here? Uh, please use, begin using our website as frequently as possible. That helps the number of clicks. Click through from a search browser to our website. It helps us show up better. So do some of that this week. We should have some new content up there as well. I know we have some new pictures, etc. And then tonight, 6 o'clock, you can come at 5.30 if you just want to hang out for a little while beforehand. But Youth Group, and that will be happening tonight, Youth Group Bible Study, uh, we'll have one, one silly game, dinner, um, maybe some music if Tristan shows up, I don't know, we'll see, um, and then uh, we'll go from there. So should be a good time, hope you can come. Next Sunday is our open house, we have several Bible studies going on around here, Hope Fit is back up and running, ha 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 ha, see what I did there? You're not laughing, you're not laughing? That wasn't funny? You didn't like that? No, I'm looking at you, Christy nothing crickets okay all right she'll laugh when it's funny funny, which means sometime tomorrow when someone else says something I get it I live with three females I understand this I'm hilarious it's just none of the people I live with happen to recognize good humor so all right please share your prayer requests with us and if you want prayer while you're here Uh, the back door's over there by the stool. There should be somebody there at some point ready to pray with you and for you. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yes, you know, that's not what I meant, but thank you. (laughs) If you need prayer, just go out those doors. Keep going. (laughs) Yeah, just kidding. All right. Why don't we have all of our important people come down to the front. If you are in fifth grade or younger, we invite you down for our children's chat at this time. How are y'all doing? Doing all right? Only four of of you. They'll probably, oh, here comes one. Here comes Theo. Come on, Theo. How you doing, buddy? Safe. All right. Yeah, it's a a base. It's a base of operations for the word of God. How's that? That works? Yeah. All right. So, did you know that Jesus actually prayed for you when he was on this earth? Did you know that? Yeah. No. no? I know. And he actually he actually continues to pray for us. Did you know that? He can pray for everybody, at once. everybody at once. That's exactly right. And so this is in the Gospel of John, chapter seventeen, and Jesus is having the Last Supper with his disciples. The first communion, the Last Supper, and he starts a prayer. He says, Father, our, the hour has come, glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. And then he goes on to say, Let's see. Um, I've given them, that's you, the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth. That I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. Right? And then he goes on and he says, I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And so you have a special place in the heart of God, that because God the Father told Jesus, I want you to die for their sins, Jesus says the night before he is betrayed, uh, or the night that he is betrayed, he tells God in this prayer, I'm praying for those people that you gave me to die for. And he goes on to say that he can he will continue, when he goes up to heaven to sit at the right hand of God, he will continue to pray for you, so that you always have someone praying for you, which is kind of cool. And if you were going to have someone pray for you, how close would you want that person to be with God? Really Super-duper-uper close, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes, he is one with God, right? So can you, get any better? you can't get any better than that. You can't get any better than having Jesus pray for you. You can't get any closer to God because he is God. The Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, exists. They love each other, and they always have, and they always will, and they've included you in that love, right? And so Jesus says, let's see. The glory that you've given me, I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one. God, or Jesus in this case, same thing, right? Wants us To be one in the same way that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. He has gone through a great deal of effort to bring you into that family, to make you a part of his eternal love, because that's what it's all about. And he wants us to get better and better at being one. Does that mean he just wants one person in the church? No, he wants all of us together to be one, to be of one mind, one heart, one soul, one spirit, one church. All right, one word, the word of God. Works for you? All right. So are we always going to get that right? No. no. We're going to disagree. We're going to have differences. But God wants us to work through those with each other so that we remain One. That's right. All right. I think you get it. Can I pray for you guys before you go to Hope for Kids? All right. God, our Father, we thank you for your love, for the love of Jesus that reshapes who we are. We thank you that you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one, that in the unity of your love, you have called us into your family to make us one, in your love. So, Lord, help us to live our lives in such a way that we are at peace with each other and that we shine your light and your love into this dark and hurting world. Help each of these children as they spend more time in your word and hope for kids this morning to develop a deeper understanding of your love for them through Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Y'all have a great time and hope for kids. Is she the one that likes order in the world? I don't think any of our kids <laughs> Okay, well, but the single file line just screams of like, you know, I want order. Right. Oh, did, did. <clears> they <throat> money. Good, so those candies I gave them worked. I'm glad they're so easy to bribe. It's it's great. I know. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't actually bribe them. Just they came came by. They came by it naturally. Will you join me in prayer as we prepare our hearts for God's word this morning? God, our loving Father, we come before you this morning uh, as broken people in need of so much. And yet, what you call us to is so simple. So Lord, help us to clear our minds and our hearts that we might be able to meet you here this morning in the simplicity of your word and understand your love for us and the call that you have upon us to love you and to love the world around us. And as we do that, Lord, we confess to you that we are sinners And we thank you for the forgiveness and grace that are ours in Jesus Christ. We lift to you the relationships in our lives that are strained. We pray for your peace and reconciliation where it is needed. We lift before you those whom we know and love who are sick or facing uncertain diagnoses. And we pray your healing mercies upon your people. We pray especially for Brenda Kale that you would pour out your healing mercies on her lower back and the spinal column issues that she is having, help the doctors to correctly diagnose and treat that uh, condition that she might be restored to full health and function. And Lord, we pray for Jason Leroy's mother, Diane, who's in the hospital recovering from a stroke and possibly a heart attack. And we just pray that you would pour out your healing mercies upon her and that you would come alongside her family in this time of Uh, stress and anxiety, and give them a sense of your peace and your presence in the midst of it all. And Lord, we lift up our country and its leaders at every level of government elected and appointed, and we pray that you would give wisdom and discernment to those who are in positions of decision-making. And Lord, we lift up our men and women in uniform all over the world. We pray that you would watch over and protect them. We lift up their families and just pray that you would strengthen them and be close to their hearts. We lift up those who are in harm's way. We pray that you would watch over and protect them and bring them home safely. Lord, we lift up your church here at Hope and around the world, and we pray that your light would shine forth uh, through us and, and also through those whom we support in various places, around this planet, in Guatemala, and Laredo, here in San Antonio, uh, in Cuba, in Beirut, Lebanon, and elsewhere in the Middle East, that you would strengthen the ministries of those who are called to serve in those places and let them know that we pray for them and we care for them and we just ask that your will would be done uh, here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So, our message today is sort of sort of the final piece in a short little series of messages we called Together. And it's just a, a few different passages that we think are kind of ground us as the Christian family and bring us, well, together. And so today we're going to look at one of the most unique passages in the New Testament. It's recorded in the 17th chapter of the Gospel of John, and John is recording a, a series of, of uh, teachings that Jesus is giving on the night of the Last Supper. And there's two things I want you to do as, as I read through this. I want you to think of it in terms of, of it's, this is your prayer, this is your savior praying for you and i don't mean you individually i mean you collectively it's it's our savior praying for us and yes it has individual implications but it also has some very strong corporate implications that we are together in this mission and then i want you to also at the same time place yourself if you can at that table and you're sitting there and you're not entirely sure who Jesus is, although he's been trying to tell you for a few years now that he's the Messiah. And some events are about to unfold that you are blissfully unaware of, but which he is acutely tuned into. And so Jesus knows exactly what's about to happen, and he lays out this really intense prayer in front of those who really don't have a clue as to what's about to happen. And so there's a there's there's a sense in which and I don't I don't mean to be disrespectful when I say this, but there's a sense in which this is the John 17 is is almost funny because it's so over the top. I mean, if you could if you could just see the looks on the disciples' faces as they look around the room at each other while Jesus is praying this and they're like he talking to us? This is crazy stuff. And so I, I don't mean it's funny in a, in a joking kind of way, but just if you think about what the first people to hear these words would have been thinking, it's there's no way they could have understood the full implications of what Jesus was praying that evening. So I, I would like you to just sort of look at it in those two ways as this sort of um, really intense, bizarre, mysterious articulation of something that you're not yet quite aware of. And then I want you to also look at it in the sense that this is written, this is Jesus praying for you, for us, for his family. So John 17, I'm going to begin in verse 1 and I'm going to read the whole chapter. It ends in verse 26. for they are yours. All mine are yours. And all yours are mine. And I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world. But they are in the world. And I am coming to you Holy Father. Keep them in your name. Which you have given me. That they may be one. Even as we are one. While I was with them. I kept them in your name. Which you had, have given me. I have guarded them. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, And I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. I can't imagine having been there. And the intensity of hearing that prayer, the mystery of wondering what on earth he was talking about, the power of his clarity that that really, at the end of the day, Christianity boils down to one unifying truth, love. That God loved Jesus, that Jesus loved us all the way to the cross, and that that love brings us all together. We are a rather disparate crowd, if I may say so, one of the things I love about this place. And yet, there's one unifying truth that brings us together and binds us together and carries us together in this journey. It's the love of God through Jesus Christ. I... I wish you could have been there this week. I was um, in touch with a man that has been to Hope a couple of times, and his wife's a little smarter than he is, so she's not sure this is the right place for them. Thank you. It was, somebody laughed. I appreciate that. Um, and yet he, he was drawn, he is drawn. And he's going through some medical issues that are that are not don't look good. And he called me up, and actually, I think his wife reached out to me and said, "My husband needs somebody to talk to." like, "Great." So I do what I do best. I go to lunch and we talk, and we probably do this three or four times, and then about somewhere around last week, he said something in the course of conversation, and I said, you're ready. He's like, what? I said, you're ready. He's like, ready for what? I said, I'm going I'm to share a prayer with you that we do in our, in our membership process, and um, I want you to just look at it at first, and then you can you can proceed as you wish, like you can say this prayer by yourself, we can get together for lunch next week, uh, whatever you want to do, and so he texted me at the beginning of this week, and he said, I'd like to get together and say the prayer, I said, great. So we sat down in the children's ministry classroom and um, I I don't know how, how relevant all this is, but I had gotten up that morning to clean out the Hope Church barbecue pit. And so I hadn't like cleaned up my act and I smelled like greasy barbecue nastiness, which is, it's good when it's like fresh. But after it's been sitting for a couple months, it's not so great. And then uh, we, Rusty and I, got the lawnmower out and you know tried to get some grass cut around here after after Jeff had done the heavy lifting the previous week, and then Rusty broke the lawnmower or something. I don't know what he did, um, so I'm gonna have to take that to the repair guy this week. But I smell like fresh cut grass and stale barbecue grease, and this man smells pretty good. You like that? You're a lucky man. Keep her. <laughs> Keep her. That's a keeper right there. Hang on to that one. Because um, my wife, after I got home and I told her this story, she's like, he prayed to receive Christ when you smelled like that? Like, yeah, well, she's very sensitive in that area, so... Um, but literally, in in spite of the stench, uh, he was ready. And so we sat and we prayed. And then I said, "I I smell like cut grass and barbecue stench, but I'm going to give you a hug." And and so that happened here this week because of you, because of what you're doing, because of this, and all the effort and the engagement that you bring to the table, that happened. And it was kind of cool to be in this passage this week here and to see that take place. It's just, you're awesome. You are. And so this is what brings us into unity, what brings us together, this sacrifice that Christ made on our behalf. I want to try to move through what we see in this passage, and i got to warn you, I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to try not to get stuck in the weeds. This is a 10,000-foot flyover in a really fast plane like Mike Mitchell would have driven at some point in his career, all right? So this is a fast flyover of John 17. There is a lot here. There's a a rich well of theology and understanding and grace in this passage, and we're just going to take one running look. So it all begins with one life, the call To one eternal life in Christ. That he gave his eternal life for us. That we receive that eternal life for ourselves. We are to find life in the Son of God. This is our first unifying truth. That Jesus died for my sins. And this is the great equalizer of Christianity. That I'm no better than you. I'm actually, although I might think it at times, I'm no worse than you. We are we are standing on level ground at the foot of his cross. Because he died for each one of us with the same penalty for all. And so here we stand in his grace. We are to find life in the sacrifice of the Son of God. You are part of an eternal plan. If we were reading this and that did not come across to you, read it again. (laughs) That God gave your name to Jesus, that when he went to the cross, he knew you, not just in his head, but in his heart, and he loved you, and he said, that one, yes, Father, you're right, she's worth dying for, I'm in. And for each of those names, each of those souls, he took that step, knowing exactly for whom he was making the sacrifice. And so you are part of God's eternal plan. He named you before the world existed. And he said, mine. This is a sovereign, a picture of sovereignty and strength unlike any, in any other religious system. You are part of an eternal plan, and you are part of what brings glory to God. When that grace goes forth by the power of the Holy Spirit and changes a heart and soul for eternity, God is glorified. And you are part of that. He glories in your redemption. You are to find life in the Son of God, and you are to have faith in the Word of God. Jesus goes back and forth throughout this prayer on the strength, the power, the purpose, the potential in the Word of God. That it's... God's word going forth through God's people that causes this chain reaction to continue to happen. That souls are reached and changed because his word goes forth through his people and it never returns to him empty. Jesus reminds us that he is the fulfillment of God's word that all of the word prior to him is pointing to his sacrifice on the cross. And all of God's word after him is looking back to the implications of that sacrifice for us. So, he is the one who fulfilled God's word and he is the one who protects God's children. He basically says, you gave them to me, I'm watching out for them, I'm praying for them, I've got their back. You have the one seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, interceding on your behalf every day. I know, it doesn't always feel that way. And you heard Jesus say in his prayer, I don't want to take them out of the world. I want them right where they are. I have work for them to do. But I'm here interceding on their behalf so that they're never alone, never forgotten. We share in one life and we are called to one joy. The first part of this prayer is really anchored in verse 3 where we hear Jesus say, this is eternal life. Now, there's nowhere else in the Bible or any other book that literally defines eternal life. This is the living second person of the Holy Trinity of God just spelling it out in great simplicity for us. So this is eternal life that you that they know you the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. I'll just say one thing about the word that the Apostle John uses there that means no. It means, it means not just the kind of knowledge we think of, but it's, it's the kind of knowledge like Adam knew his wife Eve. Like it's full, intimate, understanding, connection, depth, and meaning and relational fullness That's the knowledge that John's talking about. And so God wants you to know him, the only one true God, fully in all of your being. And he wants you to know his son, Jesus Christ, whom he sent. Then as we move through this next portion, I would say that verse 13 is is the focal point of the next sort of group of thoughts that John lays out. It says this, Now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Joy is a sneaky little thing. Here's what I mean. I have just recently as as several of you have as well, been through a season of grief in my life. Somehow the joy that Jesus prays over me in this prayer emerges in the midst of grief. It's it's hard to it's hard to define. It's hard to put my mind around, but it it presents itself in small ways that just say you have something that transcends this grief. You have the gift of joy that is an eternal joy, an eternal well of life in your soul, and it's bigger than whatever you're going through right now. And so, Jesus prays for you that you would share in that one life, that one eternal life in the Son, and that you would manifest that one pure joy that he brings to your soul. That you might find that which transcends this world. Joy has no real relationship to happiness. Happiness has more to do with comfort. Joy comes from a totally different place. And so we can have joy in the midst of, well, he wants you to have that joy in the midst of struggle. He wants you in the struggle. This is the hard thing to understand about Jesus' prayer. He says, I don't want to take them out of of this sometimes terrible world. I want them in, as I was in, so they can make a difference, so they can see that which is most important in their own hearts, and they can show that which is most important to the hearts of others. He wants us in the struggle, and he wants us to know that he is with us in the struggle. This is the most important component of what Jesus is is laying out in this part of the prayer. That we are never alone or forsaken. I will never leave you or abandon you. He's with us. He wants us to be fully in the world, engaged in the problems of humanity but he doesn't want us to be defined by the world. He wants us to be defined by this joy that transcends our circumstances. He wants us to learn to rely on that which transcends this life, to be defined by his word, which is a theme he keeps rolling in and out of this prayer that it's his word that gives us grounding and strength in a tumultuous life. He wants us to be defined by his word and he wants us to be strengthened by his word. I don't know how well you do this. Actually, I probably do. Um, I I have a strange relationship to God's word because I, I have to kind of get into it every week or I'll sound like an idiot up here. Well, I might anyway, but you know I try. I do. But it's different. It's different when I just open his word to listen. Not to avoid looking foolish, right? To, to give the appearance of being prepared is different from just listening to my father's voice. From stopping the chaos of a day and just opening his word and saying I'm listening. And we can all do that. You have access to the most powerful potent truth in the universe, the living word of God. You're probably like me, and you let life get you all swept up and going, and you forget that you're holding this, that it's near you, it's available to you, it's alive and with you. And so just open it. Remind me to open it. I'll remind you to open it. We can rely on those things that God has given us that transcend this life. That means they're bigger than whatever we have going on here. One life, one joy, one love. I sound like Bob Marley. Exactly. Um, he originally wrote that song in like 64, and I think it was a sort of a, a unintentional ripoff of a Temptations song, anybody know the name of that song? I can't remember the name of the song. But it's got a lot of similar lines, lyrics, and and a few musical components they share. Anyway, he wrote it in the 60s, and he just played it around Jamaica because it was fun, and people loved it. And then later in the 70s, I think it was like 77, there was a really tumultuous political election in Jamaica. And people were doing some really mean things to each other and there was a lot of violence. And he finally recorded it because he, at the time, he was literally the most popular man in Jamaica. And both politicians knew it and they were both trying to co-opt, you know, hey, Bob Marley's on our side, you know? And uh, one of them even um, like promoted one of his concerts without asking him so they could like take credit for bringing Bob Marley to the people, you know, that kind of stuff. He was really not very happy about that. Um, But this song was his attempt to say enough people, enough with the divisive politics, the violence, the discontent. Let's get back to what's most important. I think in one sense he was right. One love that we are called into, to spread that love, that word around. We spread God's love by spreading his word, by taking his word out to other hearts and souls, by bringing others into his family, by reflecting the unity of the Trinity in how we relate to each other that love is the preeminent truth over our hearts and our lives, that we go back to that one life we were given in Christ, that one joy that we share in common, and we learn to love in unity one another and the people around us, and that that love is not kept to ourselves, but that it is pushed out into the world around us. We're to spread his word and show his heart. That is, our focus, and this is incredibly true for us right now, our focus cannot be on us as a church in this season. This building does not exist for you It exists for you to bring others into this one life, this one joy, this one love. If we are like the rest of the church throughout history, we will at some point lose that focus, and it will become about us. Jesus prays, that you will never lose that priority as, as his people. That you will always be outward looking for, toward those who need God's grace, which is us too. But you're to focus on others and you're to help others focus on God's glory and God's love. This is, in essence, the call. To one eternal life in Jesus Christ. To one eternal joy in Jesus Christ. To one eternal love in Jesus Christ. That you, that we, share this love with others. We will have good opportunities in the weeks ahead to do that, I think. And I'll close with a quote from Bob Marley. You ready? Well, I, can't, I, my, I don't think my Jamaican accent is good enough to just roll that out. So I'm just going to say it. As it was in the beginning, so shall it be in the end. That's a line from One Love. And Jesus basically says, We were, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, eternally existing in love. That's the beginning. And may the end be all of us, Existing eternally in the love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as one. Will you pray with me? God our Father, we are guilty as charged of making your one into our one. Help us to reverse those poles and become those who are one together in your grace and love, and purpose, and truth, and word, and joy, that we might show your love to the world around us, that we might express to others what you have demonstrated to us in Christ, that that one life, that one joy, that one love would bring in many. This we ask in Jesus' name, amen. thing he did before he was betrayed he prayed that prayer for you for us knowing what was coming to a room full of people who had no clue and then he went willingly through the suffering to the cross that you Might have forgiveness, freedom, the potential for unity, for joy, for life, for love. And so we come to that table that he prepared on that cross, a place where our souls are to find nourishment in his grace. Hear these words from the Apostle Paul. Let them give shape to how you approach the Lord's table today. And may I remind all of us, this is not Hope Church's table. It is the table of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is open to all of those whom the Father gave him. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. And Of course, all of the judgment and wrath of God against sin was taken from you by Christ on the cross so that you may come and taste and see that the Lord is good. When you are ready, come forward. Father, we acknowledge our unworthiness as it relates to standing in your presence, but it is not our righteousness that you look upon. It is that of your Son who gave us his one life his one joy, his one love, that we may be redefined. Lord, open your word before us in every aspect of our lives. Guide us. Live within us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lead us to shine your light in this dark and hurting world. That we might be a people that continues to see your kingdom come and your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: As a mother, um, I just have to say I understand the difference between liking and loving, that I love my sons always, period. But other mothers may not always like their—I always like you boys, really. But um, the, just the notion of the difference between like and love— Um, and I just wanted to point out on the back of the bulletin, verse 24, Jesus not only loves us, but he likes us. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am. He actually wants to hang out with us. He likes us. Let's stand and sing. One, two, three. wrote that rich mullins i was Old gonna say classic. jesus but i'll go with jesus rich, he, he rich mullins is pretty jesus. darn close he lifted that right out of the bible
1: the only th- the only problem i ever had with rich mullins rich mullins was a christian musician and he was like so in love with jesus it just made me feel terrible about myself <laughs> just like and he wasn't he wasn't like braggy about it like look how in love with Jesus I am he was just genuinely wrapped in the love of Christ and uh, I don't always live like that dude you know I know it's I don't know but yeah good song and thank you Rich who is with Jesus one with him for eternity Um, will you take God's blessing from this place, into your heart. Let it give shape to who you are, to how you live, that the blessing of our Lord might redefine you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. May you go in his peace.